Welcome to Focal Point, the podcast that shows you how to tap into the power of the internet in your business and your life. You can find us on the web at www.gihanperera.com forward slash podcast. That's G-I-H-A-N-P-E-R-E-R-A dot com. You can subscribe to the podcast, listen to all our past issues, or leave comments for us. Now it's over to your hosts, Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira, for this week's edition. So hi Chris, how are you going? I'm really well, thanks Gihan, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Welcome to another edition of Focal Point. Um, and we, t- we decided this time to talk about the whole idea of information overload. I mean, there's, there's so much information available today to people that the problem is not that they can't find the information because it isn't there. It's that they can't find the information because it's like finding a needle in a haystack. And uh, that's, so we decided to focus on the idea of how do, we get, how do we get the right information, how do we get the relevant information, and how do we get um, regular information from sources that we trust. That's right. Yeah, as you say, there's tons of info out there, um, a lot of it uh, arriving in your mailbox as spam. And, um, and there's you know, things like podcasts as well, this one being an example of that. Um, so, yeah, how do you uh, find that needle in the haystack and then how do you uh, keep that information coming to you? That's right. And one of the things I say to my clients is that if you're suffering from information overload, that's actually good because your clients are expecting you, your clients and customers are expecting you to, to take all the information out there in your area of expertise, filter it, find out what's relevant, find out what's meaningful, and then deliver it to them in an engaging way. So in some ways, you're expected to have information overload because you're carrying some of that burden for your clients and customers. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's any easier. In fact, that means that you've got to be even better at being able to filter and um, just just get your way through all of the rubbish that's out there to get the stuff that's really relevant for you and for your clients and customers. Yeah, that's right. And it's an ever-increasing problem, isn't it, Gihan? The number of blogs that are becoming available, the size of Wikipedia, which we've talked about recently, the number of podcasts um, coming online is is increasing exponentially, I would have said, and uh, that makes the task ever more difficult. You know, I used to have this fear some years ago that uh, you know, I would subscribe to any, anybody who had an email newsletter that was in any way related to what I, would, what I did or what I taught. I used to have this fear that if I didn't read everything, I just wouldn't be up to date with everything that's going on. So I used to read everything. I'd file everything away, set aside hours to go through it all, read it, and sift through it to find something that was useful. And most of the time I would find something, maybe a little gem in there, but then I just got over it because I realized that for all the stuff that I was subscribed to, there was 10 to 50 times more information out there that I wasn't even seeing. So it became a case of, well, it doesn't really matter if I get through everything that I've got. It's only a, it's only a drop in the ocean anyway. And I got really good at deciding to only keep the stuff that was relevant to me. Right. Okay. Yep. So if you're talking about time management, which part of this is, part of it is just to get over the idea that you're ever going to be on top of all the information that's out there, even if you're working in a tiny, tiny little niche. There's yep. still too much for any one person to manage. That's right. Yep. So let's talk about some of the technology behind that, Chris. I guess the first thing to talk about is email, because you and I have been using the internet since, what, 1987, probably? Yes, at least. Yeah, which is 20 years now, and you know, I remember those days when you wouldn't get that volume of spam, that spam was just a luncheon meat. <laughs> That's right. And, and 
now people are just scared of giving out their email addresses. So what's changed in that time? What's changed in that time, I guess, is the number of people who are using the internet and the, and the many and varied ways that they're using it. So uh, along with all the fantastic uh, uses of the internet, we've had uh, the not-so-fantastic not so things like um, spam and uh, viruses on the rise and phishing, something else we've talked about recently. So, yeah, part and parcel with uh, all the fantastic things that uh, the internet's facilitated are all those nasties as well. Which is a real pity because I still think that email is going to be, from both sides, but from the sender and the receiver, the, the most powerful information tools particularly businesses have. So if you have an email newsletter, that's still going to be the communication platform that's really going to reach people regularly, cheaply, and most effectively in, in the internet age. That's right, but it's 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 sort of there's a, a signal to noise problem there, isn't there, Gihan? Because along with your newsletter, the recipients are going to be receiving all kinds of other stuff and keeping keeping the quality stuff um, standing out from all the junk that arrives in their inbox is, is becoming a, a more difficult problem. And people are responding to that and they're reacting to that by just unsubscribing from stuff. So let, let's put email newsletters, um, let's put them in the right context. In, in my opinion, an email newsletter should be something that, that you send out after you've filtered and taken out all the the, the volume of information that you that you take in, you filter it, you sift through it, you find out what's relevant, meaningful, you write it up in language that your customers understand and send it out to them in an email newsletter. So it be, you become the, the conduit between that mass of information and what's really relevant for them. Sure, that's right. And so if you're providing that kind of value, then you not got much fear that uh, your subscribers are going to be dropping off uh, unsubscribing you just because there's you know having any any value to what they're reading yeah that's right and I guess uh, I just really want to make the point that even though e there's a lot of spam around email newsletters are still one of the most powerful marketing tools you've got available yep. so but but they should be what you produce rather than necessarily what you use to consume right. And it should be only one of the things that you use to consume, I should say, because some of the other things that we're going to talk about are exactly the sort of things where you actually get the information into your into your computer and into your brain before yep. you decide what to do with it. So a couple of those things then are uh, the relatively new things like blogs and podcasts. So, so yeah. they're one of these new, relatively new information sources, whereas email's been around since we first started using the internet in the late 80s. Podcasts and blogs and vodcasts, videocasts, are a, a relatively new phenomenon and a new information source that, uh, that um, you need to filter and um, make, make as one of your information sources. Yeah, that's right. And I remember even 20 years ago when we started, there was that the concept of discussion forums, which was something called Usenet, where there were discussion yeah. groups where people were share, it, they were like what people now call a forum, so or a community, an online community, where people were sharing ideas and sharing threads of discussion, has now, has now, you know, in a way, people don't use Usenet anymore, but they use the equivalent of it, which are community forums and blogs and podcasts and and things like that, which have taken Usenet's place. That's right, yeah. Usenet is still out there, isn't it? But um, it really hasn't taken off in the same way that... Um, well, it's just sort of... It's kind of static, isn't it? The, the I don't know what the statistics are, but occasionally I go and read a couple of Usenet articles or Usenet groups, 
and um, there just isn't the same kind of activity or level of activity in Usenet that there is in, say, the web and in the blogosphere. I think one of the things that's made that happen, um, that's increased the popularity of the sort of things you're talking about, like blogs and podcasts, and blogs in particular, is this whole concept of RSS, which is um, a technical term, but I think that its impact has meant that it's, it's one of the tools that people are now using to get information into their computer without necessarily using email. So yeah. do you want to just talk about that a little bit, Chris? Because I know you've, you've actually probably used it a lot more than I have at a technical level, and now there's some really user-friendly tools to make it accessible to anybody. Right, sure. Well, yeah, RSS, which um, it has a, it's an acronym for several different things because RSS has gone through uh, various versions, but uh, currently it stands for really simple syndication. And it's basically a way of providing a data feed for something like a blog or a podcast to subscribers. So we have a podcast and we have a blog for Focal Point, and people can subscribe to that using our web feed, which I'm not sure if it's an RSS feed or an Atom feed. There are two kind of, kinds of web feeds. One is RSS, which you just mentioned, and the other kind is Atom. And so you come to a blog or a podcast and there's usually a link provided that uh, is the, the web feed for that, that podcast or blog. And then you basically drag and drop that link into some kind of web feed reader or sometimes called an aggregator tool. Now, in my case, that's just my email client, Thunderbird. It's got a special section where I can subscribe to web feeds. And um, in that way, whenever... Uh, a new blog entry is added to a blog that I've subscribed to, then it appears, that blog entry appears in my um, Thunderbird client. So it's just a technique, for just a technology for allowing um, content providers to syndicate their content to a set of subscribers. Mm, I think this solves one of the biggest problems that I talk to my clients about when they're designing websites and doing marketing on the internet. One of the biggest problems is you can create a website, but you just got to accept the fact that nobody's going to come to it unless you keep sending them there. So regardless of how good you think your website is, and you might change it every day, you might be constantly adding new content, just don't expect people to come back to it. And I keep showing people examples like the Sydney Morning Herald, which is a newspaper that I read every day. They've got a website that changes many times a day, and yet they still realize that they have to have an email newsletter that they send out twice a day to keep people updated and bring them back to the website. Because even though it's literally breaking news and it changes many, many times a day, people aren't going to be constantly going back to that website. So the problem is that you've got to get people back to the website in order to, to, to keep their attention once you've engaged them. And this whole idea of RSS seems to solve that because it means that with a, with a website, and I'll use that term loosely, you can now have a mechanism where people who are interested in it can get constant updates of what's happening on, this, on that site. Right. And news websites are a great example of that, aren't they? I, I presume that um, Sydney Morning Herald, as well as a newsletter, also provides you with uh, web feeds, do they? Yeah, I actually haven't seen the SMH one, but certainly other news websites, like the BBC, they certainly yeah. do. So they have a news feed, which means you don't have to give your email address, but you can go to a place where it'll list all the, the latest headlines, and you just, um, you know, when you log in in the morning, it will download the latest headlines and make them available for you, and when you want to, you can just go and click on them. 
Yeah, and that's that, that business about not subscribing by using your email address, I think, is one of the important advantages that uh, web feeds like RSS offer you. So with uh, standard newsletters where you do need to give the, uh, the publisher your email address, your the risk there is that you're exposing yourself to the standard threats that of, um, of viruses and spam and that sort of thing, identity fraud and so forth. You've got there's an element of trust there that you're giving a, a third party your email address. Um, whereas with uh, RSS and Atom, you just drag that link into your web feeder tool and that's it. Uh, whenever new content is published to the feed, it appears in your in your email tool or wherever you wherever you read your web feeds. I think the other interesting thing is a psychological thing, Chris, that I found that not having those email feeds and not, not having those that information come through email just makes my email seem less cluttered. So even though you said like in your email program you can set up to, to receive these headlines, it doesn't come through your normal inbox. And uh, it just means that your inbox is less cluttered. I mean, it's still going to have all the spam that's out there, but I feel a little bit less burdened because I, I get to choose when I go and look at all these headlines. So the headlines get downloaded and are sitting there waiting for me, but I get to choose when I, go and, when I go and listen to them, as opposed to email, which is pushed out to me whether I want it or not. That's right, yeah. You, you go and, um, when you go to, say, your um, aggregator tool and have a look, it's, it's all the stuff that you want, isn't it? It's, it's just the news, so to speak, whereas... Um, stuff that arrives in your inbox can be all kinds of stuff that people have sent to you without sort of, you know, your your involvement in, in whether you want to receive it or not. That's right. And I think that this comes back to the whole idea that what we're talking about information overload, we're really talking about time management, which is really about energy management. Because if you can manage your energy around all this information, it becomes less of an issue, it becomes less of a burden. And part of that is compartmentalizing. So as you can say that, Okay, I'm, I'm working on a task. When I finish that task, I can spend five minutes reading through all the latest headlines in the, really just scanning the stories and then choosing the ones that I want to read. Yep. Yeah. So, what do you use to um, as your uh, web feed aggregator tool, Gihan? Well, the thing that I use, which we were talking about earlier before the call, Chris, is a thing called Google Reader. Because uh -huh. Google, as part of its mission to be the the world's biggest information source, has tapped into this as well, and it has a has a tool called Google Reader, and it's available at, uh, I think it's google.com forward slash reader, or reader.google.com, they'll both take you there, where you can type in certain keywords, and it will find um, feeds that are related to those keywords, and we haven't really talked about what a feed is, but it's, it is like a newsletter, or a blog, or a podcast, it's just basically uh, content that's being created on a particular topic. And so you type in some words. So, so for example, I'm interested in the, the whole idea of psychology and persuasion and influence. So I typed in the phrase social psychology. So Google Reader came back with a whole bunch of feeds that, were, that, were, that it thought were related to the idea of social psychology. And then I can choose which ones I'm interested in and subscribe to them. And what happens is every time I go to that Google Reader page, which is set up specifically for me, it shows me any new headlines or any new stories that have come up through those feeds, typically blogs or, or news websites or other things like that. And I can just quickly skim through them and choose the ones I'm interested in. As I read, as I scroll through them, Google automatically marks them as read. 
so then I know what stuff's new the next time I go to see it. So in a very convenient place, uh, in a very convenient way, Google's made all that information available to me. Right. And and you read the content of those um, those postings within Reader, or do you need to go to the particular blog website? Yeah, the good thing is that what Google Reader does, it gives you a little summary of the content in the in the Google Reader window, and mm -hmm. if you want to read the full story, just click on it, and it opens up the, that post, that blog post, or that news story back on the original website. So it's, okay. it's very convenient. It means that I can, A, I can do it whenever I choose to, and B, it only takes me a couple of minutes. And what I do, Chris, is when I see things that are, that are of interest to me, I'll go to that website, and then I'll bookmark it. So I have a special area in my bookmarks and my favorites, to have these stories of interest that I'm then going to go back and read in much more detail later. So it's like I have a three-step process. So one is quickly scan through the articles, two is look at the ones I'm interested in, and then later, and, and bookmark them, and only later when I'm in the, in the mood for writing about them or blogging about them or reading them in more detail, only then will I go and read them. Okay, right. And yeah. That's for me. Sorry, go on. And so that system works for me because I find that at different times of day or different times of my work, I'm in a different mindset. So I like to be in the right mindset for scanning. I like to be in the right mindset for for skimming, sorry. I like to be in the right mindset for quickly reading. And then when I'm in an authoring or writing mindset, and that's when I want to actually read the article in detail and think about what I'm going to say about it. Right, right. Yeah. So I used a similar tool a few um, a year and a half ago or so, I suppose, um, which is called Bloglines. I think it's one of the more popular web-based um, feed readers, and it sounds like it's quite similar to, to Google Reader in that you can open an account there and then subscribe to specify the URLs of various web feeds, and then you visit that page, your page on Bloglines regularly, and it'll update um, that page according to any new content that's been published to any of those particular feeds since you last visited mm. and marks them as read as, as you go through them. And so, yeah. that, that is a web-based thing, isn't it? So what's the web address? I guess it's just bloglines.com. It's been a while since I've used that one. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think the, the, both the things we're talking about are things that are websites that do this rather than you have to download and install any other software. Yeah. But there there are desktop-based readers, aren't there? I think uh, there's one called Newsgator, which is quite a popular one, which is a client you can download and install, and then rather than visiting a website, you subscribe to um, to the feeds through that particular client. And then, as, as we mentioned earlier, I use Thunderbird as an email client, and uh, that's now the, the place where I um, subscribe to web feeds. I aggregate them in the in a special section in the Thunderbird email client that's set aside for web feeds. Yeah, and Microsoft, Microsoft Outlook, which is what I use, has a similar feature where you can actually have a folder where all your RSS feeds appear. Yeah. And then, and then uh, simpler still is, is the, uh, the live bookmarks concept that um, I know that uh, Firefox has that. So you can, in the browser itself, if you come across a web feed, you can save it as a kind of bookmark or favourite, um, uh, but it keeps track of any updates to that particular web feed. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, Internet Explorer and, and Firefox have both 
recently in the latest versions come up with much better support for things like those feeds. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing we should say is that the other thing that I recommend to clients is the, the idea of Google News Alerts. So mm -hmm. if you go to Google and you go to the, you click the news link, there's, a, there's another link that says alerts where you give it your email address and you give it a phrase or some keywords and it will automatically send you every day or every week the latest web pages that it has added to its database that contain that word or phrase. So th does it email them to you, Gihan, or does it... Yeah, yeah, it emails so every day, and I've set mine up for daily, but mm -hmm. a couple of them are weekly. Uh, every day or every week, it'll just email me an, an email with just... It's like the Google results page. So mm -hmm. it has a title and a little brief description, and if I think the story is interesting, I can click on it and read that story. Does it provide that same sort of facility as a web feed? I, I guess the difference is that... If I put in a keyword there, it tell it brings up any web pages that have that keyword in it. Mm -hmm. Now that may be relevant or not. Uh, I guess the difference between that and Google Reader is that Google Reader, I can choose the keywords based on topic, mm -hmm. and it'll find then blogs or feeds related to that topic. Whereas with Google News Alert, it'll find web pages that contain that word or phrase. Right. So I would recommend use the Google Reader when you're looking for topics and use the Google News Alert when you're looking for specific words. For example, as an example, you might want to know every time your name gets mentioned on a web page. Mm -hmm. Now, that would be really useful to set up a Google News Alert for your name. So you type in Chris Padney as a phrase in quotation marks and ask Google to tell you every day all the new web pages that have that name on it. And that means you, get, you will get no, um, notified when your name appears anywhere on the web, regardless of whether it's related to your topic. Relatively infrequently, then. Yes. <laughs> Whereas in the Google Reader, um, searching, for that for, uh, searching for your name won't be particularly useful because you, there won't be many um, feeds or blogs that are about you. Yeah. yeah. So I would suggest for topics, go to Google Reader, and for when you're looking for words on web pages, go to Google News Alert. Right. Yeah, there's a similar sort of dichotomy um, can be drawn with searching on eBay, for instance. So with eBay, the same concept exists. You can set up, uh, you can do a search on eBay for a particular item, and then you can ask, then you can set up an alert with eBay so that you're emailed whenever uh, a search, whenever new items are added to eBay or listed on eBay that match those search criteria. But you can also, they also provide RSS feeds for particular categories of items and particular vendors. So you can subscribe to a vendor's RSS feed such that whenever that vendor adds new items, you get um, their the RSS feed is, um, is updated. Or whenever something uh, appears in, say, the iPods category, you could be a receiver. The, the RSS feed would be updated for whenever items are added to that. So... Yeah, depending upon the nature of the the information that's being updated, it's, it can be a, an email alert or a web feed. Yes. Well, we're talking about information overload, and so we're at time, so let's not overload people with any more <laughs> right. information than that. So we should finish up. Any last words, Chris? Yeah, I think um, if you're a regular consumer of blogs and that's or, or of podcasts, 
and you're not making use of something like the web that you're repeatedly having to go back to a particular website, but they're offering something like a, a web feed, then look into ways of subscribing to it, either as a, a live bookmark or a favourite, or if your particular mail client um, supports web feeds, then, um, then use your mail client. It doesn't really matter which. And you'll find it's a much more convenient way of getting that information, if it's valuable information to you, um, in an easy, easy, easily accessible form. And I think, yeah, we, we need to mention this gear, although this is a podcast. There's a little icon associated with web feeds. It looks like a small orange square with a couple of white stripes on it. Um, so if you see that little orange icon, um, that's the one that usually denotes a web feed. Perhaps we can attach that to the blog listing for this, um, this particular yeah, broadcast. You're right. It's a little bit like a, like an audio wave, yeah. like a sound wave going out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we should show that. Any any last thoughts from yourself, Gihan? Well, the thing for me is I just think that people, there are a lot of people who think there's too much information out there, so they turn off everything. And I think that's the wrong thing to do, especially if you're an expert, and especially if you're supposed to be, uh, if you're supposed to have an authority in some area. The other thing to do is not to get not to just completely throw the baby with the bathwater, but to be to be choosy and be selective and be intelligent about the information that you get and the way in which you get it. Yeah. And I hope in this in this program you've got some ideas on how to do that. Yeah. So thanks as usual for your time, Chris. Thank you too, Gihan. Uh, it's been enjoyable and um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with a new topic. You've been listening to the Focal Point Podcast. You can find us on the web at www.gihanperera.com forward slash podcast. That's G-I-H-A-N-P-E-R-E-R-A dot com. Subscribe to the podcast, listen to all our past issues, or leave us your comments and questions. We look forward to having you back next time.